Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ladies of Kamikaze minicast, a shorter version of our podcast, where in each episode, we tackle different aspects of popular culture, including gaming, comics, movies, and more. We talk about what works, what doesn't, and our vision for a more inclusive space for everyone. In this episode, Valerie is joined by Tracy and Sarah to discuss The Muppet Show. Yay! On with the mini-cast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our first mini-cast episode for this season. Um, This is Valerie. Um, I realize that I very rarely remember to actually introduce myself, but I am a staple on the podcast. And joining me this time, I have Tracy. Hi. And Sarah. Hello. They're fellow um, ladies of Kamikaze. And for this little mini cast, because the Muppet fandom is strong and long and devoted for a bunch of us in the ladies, we decided that it would be fun to talk about the recent release of the entire list. Yes, all of the seasons of The Muppet Show on Disney+. Plus. So, ladies, as my fellow Muppet enthusiasts slash experts, I'm going to start off our conversation with a pretty broad question here. So, like, what's the big deal? Why are we all sort of excited that this show is available? Well, for that exact reason, for one thing, that it is finally available. The last release on home media on DVD of The Muppet Show was the third season over 10 years ago and on DVD. And the whole thing has just not been available on home release. You, you cannot get it legally until now. So that seeing the fourth and fifth season episodes is a huge, huge deal for fans of the show. So can you walk me through a little bit of like what has been released and like what people have had access to for the past for 40 plus years <laughs> since the show ended? Well, like I said, the first, second and third seasons were available on dvd but those releases happened over 10 years ago so getting your hands on those was a somewhat questionable proposition and it didn't cover everything and there were other dvd releases earlier but again it was very hard especially right now to get your hands on the entire muppet show through legal means. <laughs> through legal means, right? Yeah, yeah I, was, I was about to say, I think I showed my son the Star Wars episode on YouTube when he was like five. Right. And and I will admit that before YouTube, there was a pretty, and it probably still is, dedicated fan base on the internet that would trade and share things. But I am going to also put it out there. So, and this is, and this is kind of, the ownership of the Muppets, right, has belonged to Disney for quite a, quite a while and there's been a lot of like questions of why they sat on it. And I do know for sure that one of the answers is around the music rights. So I'm just going to put oh, yeah. that out there that that was that is, I think, one of the reasons it costs a lot of money to release a show like this, because you have to re-up whatever licenses. So for me, it was particularly shocking that of all times, Disney was willing to pony up that money now. <laughs> I think that releasing like Hamilton and seeing that fandom just go nuts they were like, all right, time to pay the Piper. Legal team, get on it. Yeah. And I think that's why we're seeing it now. Like, we're seeing, like, 
like it's a nostalgia thing. It's like having comforting favorites, things that people can really be with now, especially since we're still trapped in our houses. Right, right. Or some and, of us are. And Disney Plus is probably the the not the only profitable, but right now probably one of the most profitable arms of of Disney's. Uh, I don't know, like mega business corporation world power or whatever you want to call it right disney plus is is raking in the dough so at this point um i know a bunch of us probably spent the the first weekend of the release watching as much muppet show as humanly possible so here's my question now that we had waited so long to see it how was it did it live up to your expectations did it age well how how are you feeling about your fandom? It certainly has some some mixed feelings for me. I'm ultimately I'm really happy to have it available and to be able to watch it again. And the vast majority of it I think does hold up well. So much of the stuff is character driven and terrible puns that don't particularly <laughs> age also just the historical interest of seeing what celebrities guest starred on there and where they where they were in their careers and who was popular at the time and what they what they wanted to do when they went on the show obviously this is a show that's now pushing 40 years old over 40 years old and so some of it has not aged well. It's it's not a secret that some of the some of the episodes do have a content warning in the front of them, which is to my mind a very small price to pay for still having the episodes available. And yes, not everything is is stuff that would work on television today. Some of it is very cringe-inducing from a modern perspective. Right. Like, we'll, we'll call a spade a spade. There's terminology that's used. There are depictions of cultures that are highly stereotyped and insulting. And I, I thought that the Disney yeah. um, disclaimer was good in, in some ways because <laughs> it does call out and say, you know, it was hurtful then, it's hurtful now. It wasn't right then, it's not right now. There is a little part of me that sort of was hoping that they would push it a little farther than they did. But then I guess the other sort of saving grace of that is is that Disney did provide, um, they do have a website where you can go and like read about some stuff. I kind of hope that someday someone will probably write some sort of like scholarly article or guide to like watching the Muppet show because there are some moments. And I would say that like cultural yeah, representation yeah. is the only There were issue. a lot of issues. And I think like it was a mixed bag for me too. I think um, also watching it, I watched it, by, some of it by myself, but some of it, with a nine-year-old and I think watching it as the mother of the nine-year-old watching the Muppet show there were a few things like he asked that I had to I had to explain uh and some of them weren't that great James Coburn I'm looking at you it's like he uh that whole last act of his episode was just cringy beyond belief and I think that for people who haven't watched it, essentially, he decided it was supposed to be the Western, a Western, and he decided that he was instead going to do some Japanese 
gong ritual silent you know quiet thing and he brought animal in to help him and then by the end of it he was essentially like you know what i don't want to learn any more about this culture threw it out the window it went westerns in a japanese like what what is essentially their sanctuary when they perform this ritual as i found out on the internet earlier today because i wanted to find out more about it and so they ended up having this gunfight in it and it's like for those who know what that is that's really i mean that would offend you like a gunfight in some places because we're so sacred right right and the constant use of we don't know the language so we're just going to make sounds that perhaps could be interpreted as such right like the 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 issues are very indicative of the time so i guess to our credit the fact that it makes us cringe shows that you know we're making some progress. What would you say? I'm making, I mean, like, then the question is, I we're think, making a lot of progress. I didn't I see know. four and five, seasons four and five, really at all. So that was all new to me, which was a fun yet eye-opening watch, I guess. Like, I, I think the cringes, it, the cringes continued, but they weren't as many as seasons one and two were. I expected a certain level of cringe. But like Sarah said, um, yeah. there's still a lot to be enjoyed. Oh, yes. Because I love me a bad pun. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, now that we're talking about it, I also want to sort of give up, give out a little shout out. If you have any interest in like physical effects or sort of, you know, television effects or better yet, like puppetry and the art of puppetry and different kinds of puppetry, there are some really amazing, amazing things for you to to see on there i went through a phase you know which is not a surprising thing because i love the muppets where i was also very into puppetry as an art form so like shadow puppetry and even like mime you know puppetry using common objects like it's it's very very cool and when you think about how you know this is all before cgi and the kind of digital effects that we're used to uh so from that aspect, there's a lot to be gained and a lot of yeah, <laughs> positive no, totally. stuff there. <laughs> totally. And it, I mean, the, the bad stuff is cringy, but like, I, I found out that as a person with ADHD, that that show really hits it for me because each vignette is small enough that ca- ca- captures my attention. And then if I need to like let my mind travel, the behind the scenes stuff was chaotic enough that that could happen, which I thought was really interesting. Like, I didn't really notice that before because i wouldn't i was diagnosed as an adult but like as an adult i'm like this really this is really a good show for me to sit down and watch at a time when like i just need a moment so i thought that that was really an interesting like figure out but the bad stuff man though i just can't believe i once found that funny as a as a kid i think this is where i'm at now you know it's funny i don't remember so you know, truth be truth be told, and this is probably true for not just me, those of us who are talking, is that we didn't watch it in its original run, right? So I was not born when the yep. show started. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was just a wee baby when it ended. However, I did see it. So I'm trying to figure out how in the world Disney did Channel I see it? Maybe it in reruns bit, right. or something? That, that's entirely possible because... Right. Like, like a lot of shows, what it was aiming for was the magic syndication number of episodes. Mm-hmm. So once once mm-hmm. they hit that, it could 
technically be broadcast on whatever network decided to pick it up. Right. Because, like, if we were talking about, and this might be something to talk about in the future, because when I was thinking about this, I was like, The Muppet Show wasn't really, like, the Muppets for my generation. The Muppets for my generation, I would probably argue, is, like, the Jim Henson Hour or, like, a lot of the specials. Because there were a lot of characterizations of the Muppets, which are still true to this day. But I guess another thing that I found interesting about watching the original show is that the characters themselves, while staying very true to sort of who they are originally, Mm -hmm. have also evolved over the years. Yeah, I I think that's also one of the really exciting things about having the whole thing available to watch is that you can see that evolution of the characters. I think the show did to some degree hit the ground running, but it was very important that they had sort of the time over five seasons to develop these characters and see what was working and what wasn't and further explore some of them like Gonzo, for example, and how much he changed over the course of the series. Scooter. Scooter changes a lot during the course of the series Mm too. Right. It's interesting. Like, like, I guess I would argue or I would, I would claim and you can feel free to correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I feel like over the years, like the characters have managed to change with the times (laughs) to a degree. (laughs) Stay kind of true to who they are. But at the same time, like, you know, they're all in the beginning in the first season or so. They're all these little archetypes and whatever. And they interact with each other in a very surface way. Kermit as the frustrated boss and then just of a bunch of wacky characters. But as we sort of go through the years, um, and you can see it in the in the original series, is that the heart and the sort of relationship between the characters really starts to to come about. I would say that like the probably the big moment for that was when they did do the the Muppet movie. So the Muppet movie was indeed released while the Muppet show was going on. To put that out there towards what year did I what year did I earlier just we were talking about it. What year did I say the Muppet movie came out? 78 it was 78 or 79. Right. So that means that there was probably one or two seasons of the Muppet show yes. um after the movie. So, you know, there's a certain amount of, and, and probably a lot of ability to capitalize on the, on the relationships yes, and stories. Yeah. In fact, they even mention it right in the show. Um, Tracy was reminding me that, yes, the characters are even aware and talk about the Muppet movie in the show. But yeah. So what did you guys sort of think of the, these original versions of the characters? I know that Sarah said Gonzo changed a lot. Scooter changed a lot. Did you find that like maybe some of your characters like not not who you not who you wanted them to be or you remember them as? I don't think anyone was surprisingly different from who I remembered them as. Again, I, I've seen I've seen more of the earlier seasons more recently. So the seasons I haven't seen recently would be the later ones where the characters are actually closer to the modern versions of them so yeah while while it is interesting to see to see that evolution over time and how that works the, i don't think there was anything that shocked me like even you can see that the change in in characters like gonzo slowly becoming more soulful and more able to to carry some of the emotional beats of the show and 
Piggy evolving from the, this kind of background side character into one of the major stars of the show and things like that. But those were all things that I was aware of already and expecting to see. I think I think grown up mm-hmm. me really hates Miss Piggy. <laughs> I oh my gosh! I, I think tell maybe, us about that, like, Tracy. As a kid, I was kind of annoyed by her, but as an adult watching the Muppet Show in the first season, Pig, well, I'm I'm going to call this mm, Piggy versus consent because in the first season she was like hanging all over. There's one episode where she hangs all over Kermit, and Kermit's like wants none of it goes so far it's like she ca- keeps calling her him her frog and he goes i am not your frog and he like keeps repeating it i am not your frog saying no and she goes thou dost protest too much and it isn't in like a funny way it's in like a you're protesting you're gonna be mine i'm just gonna hang all over you and i'm like i don't kind of like where this is going it made me a little uncomfortable as an adult and then my son goes doesn't she know no means no (laughs) and I went yeah I I said I said I don't know if she really does buddy and then in the later episodes like when we get to that season four and it's it's on like my new favorites list the Christopher Reeve episode there's illusion like they allude to the fact that Kermit and Piggy have a thing now like they're together and she's flinging herself at Christopher Reeve and he's like trying to be nice but like kind of like pushing her away and then she's like no no you will do all the things for me and I think that that just like it just irks me a little too much to actually like love her (laughs) and I know I'm supposed to it's hard because it's like, are you guys trying to write a fu- like yeah. a strong female character and you think that's funny? Like that's what a a, a woman who's forthright is like. And then I, there's also a part of me that wants to have like sympathy for Piggy because like when she slaps around the guys, because like, first of all, hey, it's, it's hitting Piggy. Well, it's not okay. I understand that it's played for slapstick. But at the same time, I'm like, they're also not very nice to Piggy a lot of the times either. Um, and I think that was... That was the thing that hit me about the show is in my head, like the Muppets are a very, like Sarah, I think mentioned earlier, right? It's a very um, nostalgic, comforting kind of thing. And for me, my main interaction with the Muppets is because it wasn't on TV so long is, was like the music and the songs, which, you know, are and can be like, also like both very silly and and very warm. So when I was watching the show and like Kermit's kind of a jerk and Miss Piggy is kind of a jerk. And they're not as jerky nowadays in the show. That was my little moment of, oh. Mm. But then I remind myself that evolving is what happens, you know, with characters I think over time. And that's as a, a good mom, thing. I just want to like <laughs> run on stage and give Fozzie all the hugs, though, now. Like, <laughs> I just feel so bad for him. Like, he tries and he pays someone for his jokes and they're just not very good. <laughs> and, like, I just want to, I just want to give him a big bear hug and like make it okay for him and I'm really glad that in I can't remember what episode there was a comedian who literally went on stage and helped him roast Statler and Waldorf and I was like all about it I I finally I sat up and cheered because like he needed he needed that boost of self-confidence and he couldn't get it from anyone else because Kermit was a jerk to him 
Every time he wanted to test out a new piece, Kermit's like, no, no Fozzie around. No, 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 nope, don't want to hear it. Uh, so I felt really, like that's that's the one that I felt really bad for. And I think I connect more to than I did when I was a kid. Yeah. And I think I'm going to put out there, too, that um, I oh, think yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. Ralph more as an adult. Because, like, I love his kind of like, this stuff's crazy. Whatever. All right, I'll go along with it to a degree, but I'm also going to do my own thing. Like <laughs> the Gilda Radner episode when he has his his hands glued to the piano. His response to that is just golden. It's just like whatever. This happens every week. Like like he's not as freaked out about it as everyone else. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun to sort of wrap up our little like mini cast by asking you both to. Uh, talk about like one or two of your favorite episodes and sort of what you want to highlight, why it's your favorite. Um, and sort of like, if you were trying to, like, in other words, if someone were new to the the Muppet show and they were like, what's so great about this? Like, why do I need to watch this? What is your argument for watching these episodes? So we'll start, Sarah, I'll start with you. One of my favorites, and it is probably not shocking because it's one of a lot of people's favorites is the Star Wars episode. <laughs> In part because it is the Star Wars episode and just how strange that is and how how perfectly it kind of fits in with the idea of the Muppet Show because the guest stars, it's not just Mark Hamill and the cast of Star Wars. It is the characters from Star Wars, like actual Luke Skywalker, R2-D2, C-3PO, and Chewbacca show up. They are not the actors they are the characters and also mark hamill luke skywalker's cousin in this case and that cracked me up so hard (laughs) there's a lot going on in it like just the, the various through lines of of star wars and just how well how well these these guest stars and these characters interact like Mark Hamill is clearly having a blast and that the the through line of Gershwin that gets paid off in the end when they mm-hmm. say you are my lucky star <laughs> and oh the, the oddly appropriate in hindsight finale of them singing when you wish upon a star is you are my lucky star is that um, Gershwin it's actually from singing in the rain oh, I just thought I it don't was know star references music for that. was that Rogers and Hammerstein no. No, oddly enough, and we can get into this when we have our, because we keep threatening to have like the ultimate musical um, episode. Um, Singing in the Rain is essentially like a jukebox musical. They pulled a whole bunch of songs from, um, or they rewrote songs purposely to sound like um, other songs, yeah. um, to sound specifically like Cole Porter in one of the cases. And one of the great things about, I think, the Star Wars episode is that it paid off a Pigs in Space reference that was made, like, two episodes before. Because Gonzo as, I can't remember what they called him, showed up two, two Pigs in Space episodes before the Star Wars episode. So it was, like, setting up. And I thought that that was, like, a nice payoff, too. Um, but, yeah, no, my, my favorite gag in that whole episode is, um, yeah. What is his name? Angus McGonagall. Gargoyle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who gargles? Uh, who gargles Gershwin? Yeah, that's pretty. That's like that's a very like if someone was like, please tell me what the sense of humor is like on the Muppet Show. That's a pretty good example. 
it also is just a good example of how the the level of stars that they could get on this show and how mind-blowing it was because star wars was at the time this was prior to empire strikes back coming out so star wars was a huge thing at the time and so getting it's obvious why they were able to get the cast on there because of the frank oz connection and yeah um but that gives somebody who had maybe not seen the series before a good idea of what what level of celebrities were going on the Muppet Show. No, and I just looked it up. You Are My Lucky Star was written by Arthur Freed. Oh, right. really? Okay. That makes so, sense. There you go. That'll be, okay, there you go. That's my fun now research project. It's <laughs> like, who did write those songs for this movie that I've seen a thousand times? Um, all right, Tracy. Give me, Shirley, give me one of your episodes. Shirley Basie. She is in season, I'd like to say four. And she is so into being there. I love it so much. Because she, like, the opener is she walks in and she came prepared. With, like, because he was doing something and he, she had to brush the teeth of some monster. And, and she says, okay, well, he says everyone plays a part in this show. It, or everyone pitches in on the show and she's like oh good you can then you can brush my alligator's teeth and she puts up a muppet alligator and then she turns and like breaks the fourth wall and says people warned me about this show and she was like so into it the entire time and the whole premise of like scooter having to go find gold paint and comes back with like a brinks truck and the so <laughs> the guy has to watch out over 50 50 million dollars worth of gold bars i just think it just it was really good and then i was you know shocked at how as a singer how much she was able to play into the comedy i think that that like it was such a pleasant surprise in the episodes i have never seen that um it became one of my favorites i've watched it like a couple times at this point i watched it again yesterday in preparation for the podcast because i she was one of like the six contenders i had for this so i had to pick out which one i liked the most in fact, I have a list of like 10 here so that I don't repeat any of the ones that everyone says. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely I definitely suggest Shirley Basie. It's a little bit off of the uh, beaten path. And for anyone who has never seen a James Bond movie, Shirley Basie sings Goldfinger. And for most most of the Bond songs up until I can't remember the first one that she doesn't sing, but um, she's known for her Bond songs and she's just such a powerful performer it was so good for your last two then for as we we because i'd asked you to, to have one or two i'm assuming you both did two yeah um, let's let's do a little lightning round so sarah and tracy like real fast tell me the episode why do i care sarah well speaking of singing in the rain my other episode was the gene kelly one and i think the Muppet Show balances a lot of different elements, and one of them is is this this sincerity and sweetness, and the heavy plot line running through the Gene Kelly one is the idea of Gene Kelly wanting to sit back and watch the Muppet Show and not perform on it, and the way that pays off in the end is just very sweet and heartwarming, and. So I think that's a good example of that side of The Muppet Show for people who might not have seen it yet. And it's Gene Kelly. What more do you want? I know, right? right. 
And again, right, he like Tracy. loves the fact that he's there. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right, Tracy. What's your what's your second what's your second episode? So my second episode is a classic in my eyes. It's Gilda Radner. I love that episode. I love the opening with Scooter coming in and telling Rosanna Dana that like that it's time for a show, and she's like flipping out that she's on the Muffin Show. I love that. I think the whole. I think as a whole, the episode just comes together because there is that one, like one plot line running through it. I mean, I just think it, it's so it speaks to what the ep- the Muppet Show was. Uh, Kermit mishears her, which reads her asking for a eight foot parrot, instead gets her an eight foot carrot, and I think that that's like I, I just crack up just thinking about it. In fact, I might watch it again later. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's my favorite, and I like. That episode made me sad because, like, we know that she passed away and, like, what she could have done comedically probably would have blown our minds because she's just that funny. Um, and I'm I'm also going to throw one in there because there's so many great episodes, but I'm going to throw in the Carol Burnett episode. Oh, I yes. always talk about that as one of my absolute favorites. So the premise of that one is that Gonzo decides that they're going to have a dance marathon while the show is going on. And it is delightful. And one of my favorite scenes is when Carol Burnett decides that the it's time for the marathon to end. And she decides to, to tell everyone to speed up by playing with the music and pretty much um, yelling at them to speed up. And she's just a genius. She's so funny. That <laughs> episode was on this so list. <laughs> yeah, she's another one who's, who's having a, a great time on the show. And I think that's telling too. The bad episodes are the ones that like people are obviously there because it's the Muppet show and that it's like good promotion for them and they just not buy into it at all. I think those are the weakest episodes. Roger Moore. I think there's a level of comfort too, right? Yeah. With with how it's how it's done and, and singers who aren't actors and various things. But anyway, all right. Those are some excellent recommendations. So, so thank you so much. For, so speaking only for myself. My recommendations could be completely different tomorrow. Yeah, they just <laughs> stuff in there that, you know, as, as I'm watching through, I'm, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that episode. And, you know, oh, wow, this, this, this sketch is in this episode? I didn't realize that and that sort of thing. So, you know, if you've got your favorites and we didn't mention them, it it's it's not an omission on our part. It's just we had to pick two, and those are the ones I picked today. So sounds to me like our 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 big sort of takeaway is, yeah, there's it's it's problematic. It's definitely a show of its time, um, but there are some really great gems in there that are worth yeah. digging around for. Uh, so you know, if it's something that you think is going to make you laugh a couple times, maybe go check it out. So um, thank you both for joining me. And uh, at the sake of of sounding corny, I'll see y'all next time on the Ladies of Kamikaze podcast. I'll see what I did there. Yay. (laughs) Good night. Hi, everyone. Valerie here. And on behalf of all of the Ladies of Kamikaze, we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard and you're interested in checking out more of our content, you can visit us online at ladiesofkamikaze.com. There you can read our blog, sign up for our newsletter, and if you're in the Boston area, learn how you can join us for our various events, including LadiesCon. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again, and hope you join us next time.